0: this is part two of Kristen's interview of me for the men on miscarriage podcast thanks for listening
1: So we went back to our house. So we had to go from the appointment. We, we walked out, back to the out. house.
0: And we had about two hours to finish cleaning the house and leaving the keys. Just talk about the worst timing. And I
1: think we both called our parents as we we're like mopping up and doing the last things on the house. And we I texted. Crying. I don't think yeah. I was able to.
0: I was. I don't think uh, I called. I couldn't call. Well, I called my parents. Yeah. But... but I just. I texted. Remember I texted my staff um, mm-hmm. because I was supposed to have a meeting yeah, with them. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And I was like I, I'm not going to make it. And then I texted my mom, my dad, and my brother. And I think some, some people in my life, uh, mentors in my life and some good friends, I texted them and just, yeah. I, I remember the texts were just like, it's gone. Yeah. I don't know anything else to say. <laughs> like, so that's really when struggling. you're in this weird fog, right? So like, Crazy. what well, I emotion, we got, like, we what We had you different feeling? cars because yeah. we were both coming oh, from yeah, work. Right. Yeah. And so we had to drive back on our own. And I remember getting out of our cars in the driveway and just like hugging each other. Yeah. And just, man, ugh, ugh. just crying. Just because yeah. it, it was so awful. And then having to go back into the house and. Literally just wipe some things down and then leave our keys there because that we were not going to spend the night there Yeah um, And I remember going back to the George's and the, the George's had had a miscarriage as well And so they were so sweet yeah. and kind and gentle
1: to Yeah, they us. got it for they sure They got
0: it Uh and that was that was that I think that was part of one of the gifts that I think God mm-hmm. was ahead of us on Yeah, um, which was really special, but then we yeah, that night I think I think we passed well, we had out. To, just so then out of we exhaustion. had to go. Yeah, so then um, we had
1: to go to the appointment. I remember it was at three thirty, and yeah. that's where we went.
0: They do the one more,
1: you one know, more check, check, and they explained our options. So our options were what?
0: Well, the, yeah, yeah, they, they gave us they gave us three options. They were like, well, you could wait, um, to see if it passes naturally, but they said we think that the baby passed a week, maybe two weeks ago, and um, you, you should have passed it by now. And they said that um. Uh, if it was going to pass naturally, it probably would have happened by now. So the longer you wait, um, it's just, it'll yeah. be more painful. It'll so they be, had so measured they
1: like, the fetus mm-hmm. and it was measuring at about 10 weeks yeah. and we were at 12, maybe even 13,
0: 13 weeks, I think at this point. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so they said the other option is there's a pill you can take, which simulates natural evacuation. It just basically gets your body chemistry to, to uh, push it out. And they said that can happen anywhere from three hours to three days. Uh, and then the other one is to do what's called a DNC, which is where they remove it manually. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 similar to the, like an abortion procedure where they would go in and they would use um, tools to. It is the abortion, it is the abortion pr- procedure, yeah, yeah. Essentially the same thing, yeah. I think I, well, it's not the same thing, in the sense that like we're not. It's not the same goal, but definitely. Um, but it is the it is the same mm-hmm. procedure. Um, and so we didn't really know what to do. I think as. Since it wasn't happening naturally, they said they wanted to see what was going on. And so mm-hmm. that kind of piqued us. And we were like, okay, so we don't want to wait then. And I think that was right out of the gate we didn't want to do. And then I think the pill and everybody we else, had just
1: moved out of our house. So we had. Yeah.
0: It was also like, hey, we don't want this to happen at somebody else's house. Yeah. First of all. In a bathroom then,
1: that's not my own. I was just like, I don't even know what to do. Yeah. But
0: it's to, not to be graphic for yeah. graphic sake. But part of it was like, you're, they said it usually comes out like a bowel movement. You're like, so I would flush it. And they were like, yeah, I yeah. can't do that. I don't think I can do and that. And we
1: didn't know when it was coming and Christmas was coming and we were supposed to go to family. It was a mess. Yeah. And so was, we had to take a two hour time. drive
0: back yeah. up to Orange County in two days. And it's like, what if it happens on the side of the road? It was like, this is not how we want to do that. Yeah. Um, and so, but also they they said they'd like to look at it, you know, and try it. And so we didn't really necessarily know what that <laughs> meant. Uh, so we opted for the DNC mm-hmm. um, and that they made the appointment the next day.
1: Luckily, they could get us in the next day. Yeah, the next morning, I think, even. It was like
0: 11 a.m. or something like that. And so they gave you some volume, And then... um,
1: That I could take the next morning. That you could take the Mm -hmm. next
0: morning. And so we came in to the doctor's office the next morning. And I think they even did, like, one more sweep, Mm -hmm. right? They checked multiple times, which I'm so thankful for. Because
1: I've heard people who didn't get that. And then they got really nervous after the DNC. They were like, was it really... Was it a mistake? And... Or were they mistaken that, it, you know, yeah. maybe it still had a heartbeat. So we felt so they, very they sure checked the it heartbeat was heartbeat Five yeah. times
0: over three days and it yeah. was gone. So it was, yeah, you're right. There was something comforting about that. It's mm-hmm. good for the morning process too. But I remember then, so then we're sitting in another room where they're getting ready for the procedure. It's outpatient procedures. So they like, hey, you go in, you do it, and then you leave. Yeah. And it was so unfamiliar and we were just like, oh gosh, okay. Yeah. Um. And then you took the volume and so you were pretty pretty lucid but
1: i was there but i don't things were kind of foggy like i remember parts of it wasn't totally out of it but but i remember
0: being really nervous and heightened by the whole thing and then uh they kind of get us ready and i didn't know that i was gonna have the option of going in there with you until they came in to 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 get you and then they were like they kind of look at you and they're like do you want him in there with you and then you look at me and i remember being like immediately i wasn't prepared for this decision you know that kind of thing and then part of me was like remember i said this in my interview with phil like i didn't want to go in there for the reason Mm -hmm. i think nobody wanted to go in there you know, like yeah. I didn't want this to be happening at all. It was going
1: all. to be more official and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah.
0: but then also I was like looking at you and then part of me was like, I want to be with my wife though, too. And I remember yeah. being like, yeah, but looking at you and going, but whatever you want and you need. And you're like, yeah, I'd like him to be in there. And then for me, it was like an immediate. So I remember describing the Phil like I was on the fence. But as soon as you were like, I'd like him in there. I remember it's like well, immediately shift to the other side because if you yeah. want me in there, then I'm in. And so I went in um, and just kind of sat with you through the procedure, which didn't take very long, maybe yeah. 15 minutes, maybe 20 not, max, yeah, not, not even. <laughs> um, and that was, yeah, that was really, that was really, really tough for obvious reasons. But, um, the doctor was so sweet the nurses were so sweet. They, yeah. they did everything they could to, to, to make things normal and, and to make things okay, which you can only do so much, but yeah. I just got to praise that those staff, they did yeah. such a good job. Yeah, we're really blessed with their staff. But they what was
1: your emotions because some of the guys have said that they had a hard time attaching like feeling connected or like at this point like are you feeling emotions are you what emotions are you feeling
0: yeah I, I honestly I've just I'm feeling so broken and so sad because I had not prior to this not really not not wanted a kid but I hadn't really wanted one mm-hmm. it wasn't really that there but and then it had come in so strong that I wanted one but honestly mm-hmm. that emotion had only been there for Six months yeah, You know And so This was just It was just horrible yeah. It was horrible And then also like I was hurting for you Because I know how badly You wanted this um, As well And so that really hurt But more It just was like It was happening to us At the same time totally. And it was just It's hard to describe It's losing a child It's just It's its horrible And so in a sense It's you're losing a child That you didn't get the chance To get to know much more But that's every child you lose Yeah You know You're going to know them More and more and more Whatever it was for us To have a child we had gone as far as possible in that moment and so for us it was it was huge huge and i think
1: too you had just been working on your masters and we're selling the house and we finally get out so we were supposed to be like this was the day we were supposed to be like the most happy see our baby and just get to focus on that um everything fell apart too so you just really hadn't been able to enjoy it much of it yeah i had
0: not been able to spend much time just getting excited about yeah. it because I've been so focused on finishing my master's and part of me was like, as soon as I get my master's done, I'll be way more in this pregnancy, yeah. you know? And I was like, Oh, it's only the first trimester. Like she's not even showing you for a few weeks. Yeah. For a few, like it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like I missed out on a chance to be more part of it. But even then it's like, not, you weren't even showing like the hard part is like, what yeah. could I have done? You yeah. know? So that anyways, it just, it started this process mm-hmm. of mixed emotions and not knowing what to do, but I snapped into take care of my wife mode. So yeah. the night before we had the procedure, I remember I called a couple of women who had no, who I knew had had yeah. miscarriages, and asked them what they did with the procedures and just got some advice. Yeah. And, um. And so I just went into like help help it out mode. And then the night that we got the procedure done, we went and st- stayed at a hotel. Um, mm-hmm. Before the next morning, going up to your parents' house. Um. And so I my and I and I made sure we got dinner, and I made sure you had any water that you needed. I was even checking the temperature in the room. Like I remember I just, I went into yeah. doing, I didn't feel like there was anything All I could do. All the little things. Yeah. And so I just started trying to do anything I could, mm. which I think was kind of the beginning of what happened for me over the preceding yeah. months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the procedure, as they're finishing up, our doctor looks at us and says, this doesn't look normal.
0: Yeah. So they said that there was more tissue than there should have been mm-hmm. uh, for the amount of time that that had gone by. And, um, she was like, hey, I want to get this checked out because that, that's not normal. More tissue than there should have been at this point in the pregnancy. And yeah. So we were like, oh, okay. So we didn't really understand what that yeah. meant. We were like, okay, fine. That baby, like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you saying? Um, And so she ended up calling us like three, four days later or something mm-hmm. saying that like um, they're testing for whether or not it was a molar pregnancy. Partial molar. Partial molar right? pregnancy mm-hmm. or just, yeah, 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 partial molar because it had a heartbeat. Um, yeah. And so we didn't know a lot about it. And then like two days later, she called and said like, hey, like the test's, are inconclusive, which means we're going to treat it as if it was partial molar because it most likely was. They were going li- it was. Yeah. 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 Um, and so they, they let us know the Kate okay, was a partial molar pregnancy. And so what that means is there's there's two kinds of molar pregnancies. There's a full molar pregnancy, which is when the uh, egg uh, from the mother does not have enough genetic material to create a viable pregnancy. And so you Mm -hmm. never get a heartbeat, you never get a viable pregnancy, but you have things like teeth, hair, nails, organs, things like that. Well, You have
1: this growth that continues Mm -hmm. to grow. But it
0: grows some of the parts, but it never never really kicks off, so to speak. So that's a full molar pregnancy. And then there's a partial molar pregnancy, which um, is when the egg is fine, but for some reason two sperm get in. To mm-hmm. the egg. And then you have too many chromosomes, too mm-hmm. much genetic material. And so then you get a viable pregnancy. Uh, but sometimes I think what can happen is then you also have this extra growth of tissue, mm-hmm. which ultimately it takes nutrients. It, it, it pushes it up against the growing pregnancy like that. It essentially becomes the reason why that other pregnancy doesn't become viable. Yeah. Um, and so when they removed that material, uh, they said, hey, we think we got it all, but you need to wait before trying again because... If you get pregnant again, and we didn't get all the material, basically you have this non-cancerous tumor um, that cells could, could cells again. could continue to multiply. And if they're still there, and you have another pregnancy, then you'll have the same exact problem. And or they
1: could have just even without getting pregnant, they could have come back too. The growth could come back the growth if they all, didn't yeah, get it It, it could all. even come yeah.
0: back on its own. And so, and regardless, though, they said you need to wait before you can try mm-hmm. again. And then we're going to test your hormone levels for the next six weeks. I think it was. Um, and your home run levels are like at three thousand, and at that point, and then they needed to drop down yeah, to zero. Yeah, more than that, yeah, um, but a lot. But I was three thousand. I think it started at, yeah. but it basically cut in half almost every week. And they said it should take about six weeks or so for it to go all the way down. But I remember for us it took about eight weeks. Yeah, it took um, longer. So yeah. it, it elongated the process a little bit. But every week you had to go in and get a blood test, which just sucked.
1: And then we had to wait. After I got to zero, we still had to wait another three months. To try yes. again, too. yeah. So, so they
0: said once it gets down to zero, they want it to stay at zero for three months. And so you went gut blood test mm-hmm. once a month for three months, and that took us to June of twenty twenty.
1: Twenty twenty. Yeah. So in the midst of this, right? We like COVID happens too.
0: Yeah. So the that happened. Well, and,
1: okay. Before we get to COVID, sorry. No. For Is sure. there something in like in that mid in the midst of like the few months right after? We find out you're in this weird fog, you're grieving, you're trying to figure stuff out. We find out it's a partial molar pregnancy where we're not going to be able to try again right away and it could cause cancer. There's like all these weird things and there's this fear about yeah. all this. So there's fear and grief and all this stuff. Is there stuff, something that ha- happened or people did during that time that helped you or how you coped or where were you at emotionally during that time?
0: That's a big question. Um, a lot in there. Yeah. Uh, I think at first what I did to cope was just try to take care of you because you were so broken down by Mm -hmm. it, which I understood and was with you on. And so I just did everything I could to take care of you. I felt like I needed to really be like your teammate in this. And so tried to do the best I could to do that. But it was just one of those things where it's just, it was so heartbreaking that there would just be even moments of just sitting there and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden everything's not, Mm -hmm. um, And so, just try. I tried to be kind of really stable. I tried to, I, I tried to be really grounded, which I think ultimately was just me trying to pretend and act like I'm fine, Mm -hmm. even if I'm not, because I wanted to have some stability around you. Um, and so, do you? So you mean before COVID things? Did I do?
1: Yeah, before. I think before COVID, not really anything.
0: There's nothing I really did. Um, I think I had people uh, who had experienced miscarriage. I had a couple guys reach out. Yeah, with we some went to like the and young some phone life calls, staff which was helpful. Thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. we went to, we had a, uh, a big retreat that happens for our organization every four years where all of the staff go in to January. Florida in January and this big thing. And that was really good for me. Yeah. Uh, so being around other people uh, was good. And we struggled with that though, too, because you needed to be alone. Um, but also, you wanted me there. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what I needed was to be around other people, yeah. not other people that weren't you, but like more, more people for me was more stimulation, more joy. Yeah, things that I was desperate for, more engagement. All those things were healing for me, Um, whereas you wanted to be alone but also wanted me to be there. So like we clashed, I think, a lot in Mm -hmm. that area where what you needed kept me from getting what I needed and what I needed kept you from getting what you needed. And so we had to try to strike a balance Mm -hmm. as much as possible. And and per usual, you were better at that than I was um, giving me what I needed than I wasn't giving you what you needed, which is so funny because I was so concentrated on trying to give you what you need. But I think it was... I was giving you everything that was easy to give, mm-hmm. uh, but then the thing I desperately needed—I think I was not very negotiable. Mm-hmm. Like I know I needed that. My number one, I didn't ever want to sacrifice, but I would—I would, I would yeah. give you my two through a hundred.
1: So, would you say what was helpful during that time, kind of building up to COVID, was yeah. you—you jump back into kind of routine. You had your people around you. You were able to kind of pro yeah. they were you know, you needed them in your grieving and in your processing and
0: Yeah, again I just I had a couple of guys that had reached out that had gone through it that was really helpful. Um but I wouldn't say I did much healing during that's the thing. I don't yeah, you, I didn't do yeah. much healing during that time. It you was very much survival mode. Yeah, survival. I coped. Um and I, what I was doing I don't think ultimately worked. Because I think right. that led me to where I ended up going a couple months later. I think right. I was just trying to to move on, not knowing how, yeah. not knowing what I needed. It literally was just survival mode. Yeah. Like I don't have any advice from that stage of yeah. going through the, 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 pregnancy. I think so, I've, we'll get to that. But like, I think there's things I experienced that were hurtful, things that I experienced mm-hmm. that were hard and identifying those things that I would say, don't do this, you know, but yeah. I, I think I kind of am addressing some of those things there, but yeah. um I, I'm just not sure. There's a so lot we're kind of kinda
1: coping. We're just getting by yeah. after the, break we're like I think moving you, you into you our growing. new house
0: you were doing things
1: some but i think we had to jump right back into work like we moved yeah. into our house a few weeks later we're just but kind you of like running. journaled and you
0: yeah. like uh spent a lot of time praying and like you 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 read books like there's things you did during that time before covid that trying, i think were yeah. good trying yeah. to get some stuff but I, I don't think i really did any of that i didn't go read any books yeah. i didn't look up any podcasts at that time i didn't do anything really to heal i think i was more just trying to take care i was trying to normalize things as much as i possibly could yeah. and i think i was so horse blindered on just trying to normalize mm-hmm. things as much as possible that i i don't i don't even think i would have thought that there was anything else to do
1: yeah so that leads – we're getting these weekly reminders of the blood test that, like, yeah. baby's still not there and just, like, stupid and annoying. Well, yeah, because a but lot then, of people
0: don't have to experience that. I yeah. remember a process through that later is most people, they have a miscarriage and then they're – I mean, our doctor told us that at that first appointment. She's like, well, we'll remove this pregnancy, failed pregnancy, and you guys should be able to start yeah right away right. as much as you're comfortable. And they said, like, the only reason we say to wait till your next period is so that we can date the pregnancy, mm-hmm. like, the next one. So it felt very much, oh, we'll just – Try again. try again. And that's most people are like, "Oh, we'll just try yeah, again." And then we found out. But I remember that. the doctor looking at me going, "You you need you cannot get her pregnant mm-hmm. during this time." And it felt it very really like really serious. Yeah. Oh shit. Like I oh. I felt like there was like <laughs> And I think that's part of why I went to like the normalizing things and just trying to get mm-hmm. just take care of things I knew I could do was because it was this she scared the shit out of me of just like you can't get her pregnant. And yeah. so like honestly, Tied a huge stone to the end of my libido and threw it into the deepest part of the sea. It was like I had zero sexual desires because it felt like if I get you pregnant, I'm killing another child. Yeah, it was which, weird pressure which is not that, that sexy, everybody, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like that's not. And I wasn't feeling it that either because it me was rolling. But also, yeah. part of what we hugely needed was like to have sex closeness, to connect, yeah. man, to mm-hmm. connect and have closeness, and we weren't experiencing a lot of that because also yeah. again, you continued to go through things that I couldn't relate to, yeah. and vice versa. So the one thing that could have brought us back together, I'm surp- I'm just so surprised we did so well. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, or, or just as well as we did because the one thing that we needed to connect they were we, they, they had they huge sp- warning signs huge around it huge warnings yeah. like you're a bad person if so i even felt like if i felt sexually like attracted it was like i almost felt like it bad. felt like being 13 yeah. 14 again where it was like that's naughty naughty feelings you don't feel that you dirty little pervert boy it was like and I, that's a childish way of looking at it but it's yeah. honestly it, it felt
1: it was a weird pressure that we got, and then I'm that lasted
0: so. for 6 months yeah. 6 months I'll pretty much all the way up until what was going to be the due date
1: yeah so in the middle of that a few weeks we're doing blood tests so then we get down to zero finally which is in february like two months later which yeah. almost felt like another death because then it was like it's officially gone every part of it that was ever there was gone and then a yeah, kind of the couple stamp. weeks later covid yeah. hits and yeah. we go into like where we need to be in in home yeah, in our house. In
0: house talk about another huge pressure thing
1: so tell us a little bit about what you experienced during that time you struggled pretty hard
0: i struggled i had not being
1: an extrovert and yeah. really needing to verbally your only way of processing which is usually verbally processing and just being around people or coping all the things you had been doing to uh-huh. cope were now
0: gone yeah it wasn't just verbal processing too it was just being yeah. with with people right. and having depth of relationship life on life stuff that's what gives me life hmm And with COVID, yeah, it kind of cut all that in half. And plus the world was just in anxiety and in fear. And I think part of that also felt like I felt like my thing that I just went through was not, it's not a global pandemic. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think even later on, I'm discovering that too, feeling Mm -hmm. like all the attention went towards this other thing. And I kind of was battling these two tough, tough deals, but discover kind of later on. Like I remember, yeah, I'm a verbal processor. So once you were getting better, um, and healing and stuff like that. You did yeah. a really good job of trying to get get to a good place. You know, when when you when it was time. And as you started getting better, I think I started getting more yeah vulnerable. Well, we can. You talked
1: about that. Like we need opposite things. So, kind of having some space and closing off in my house was good for me. It gave me time to just yeah it
0: filled you up. You didn't have any pressure to do. And I started to be to able to
1: process through my grief and was uh-huh. having kind of some. It dig. was a
0: petri dish for like good yeah. healthy practices for Kristen. for Kristen, but and then it was like a the opposite box of for, death yeah. for, honest, yeah. right uh
1: so i'm starting and then i started to put pressure on you i think that's when things yeah, got pretty i think i was still struggling and
0: i didn't really talk about it much mm-hmm. um and i think it's because it was really i i when i verbal process i needed to talk about everything else before the hard stuff i needed to get through all the bs stuff first just process it through just kind of get through it and then talk about the tough stuff. But by the time I got ready to talk about the tough stuff, I had already like verbally vomited all this other junk on you that I think was really hard on you because that's not how you process. But I was disjointed from all these people that I usually would go and process with and spend time with. And so you were the only one And I think it was just too much for you to handle i think that's kind of a lesson i think for any couple out there is i mean ours was unique i don't know if anyone will be stuck in a situation like this again but there was things i needed that you just didn't have the capacity to give me enough to satisfy Mm -hmm. like i had found ways of caring for parts of me that i didn't hold you responsible for but now i couldn't go get taken care of because i was not connected to these people anymore everyone was stuck at home and i couldn't go be with them and so i would come home and verbally process and i remember you being like why are you so like like mad or upset all the time. And I remember like, I'd be like mm-hmm. done talking after like 25 minutes of just like, Ugh, you know, and then you'd be like, why are you so upset? And I'd be like, I feel better than I did before I started talking. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, that's my process. But like, it's not yours. And I think we were still learning deeper parts about this, about who we are at the mm-hmm. time. Cause I think in hindsight, you look, you would look back and go, well, obviously I know what happened right there. I just, I, I, there, part of me could have accepted that. Another part of me just yeah. can't handle all the, blah, 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 no, no matter how hard I try. But another part of me, I think, could have been like, "Oh, I do understand that." But I think even Mm -hmm. at the time, neither of us were really aware of that.
1: And I think to clarify, and maybe I'm wrong, so speak into this, but um, your verbally processing wasn't necessarily about the miscarriage. No, that was still very you had no words for that. Yeah. So you were verbally processing a lot of other things, but when it came to the miscarriage, you you kept saying like, "I got nothing," which was totally unique for you
0: and different. No. I that's not the case. I think so not yes, unique yes and no. to you. I meant like no, no, different no. for you. No, I just I I meant I did have things I could say. I just yeah. I needed someone else to lead it mm. because I didn't have the tools. You had all these books. You had all these journals. Mm. You had all these things. All these people. All these women telling you what to say, what to feel, and mm-hmm. how to respond. And I had nothing. Nothing yeah. was saying how I should act, how I respond. It was just instinct. Yeah. Which nobody prepared me for this. Yeah. Nobody did. Um. Nobody even warned me. No guy came up to me and said, "Hey, dude, hey, this might happen," and I just wanted to give you some advice. Which part? Again, we'll get to it, but that's part of what led to wanting to do this podcast.
1: Well, I think we're there now. Like this, what I would call like kind of our breakthrough, big break. Your kind of breaking point and our breakthrough conversation as a couple was: we're walking out here, you know, on our street, walking the dogs one night, and you kind of just were. Yeah, it, really was, upset honest, and it you, was just really
0: raw because it was, yeah. you had been, you had pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and you'd even said stuff like I'm working really hard to work through this and you're not. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling my, my description, I think part of, I actually, I had a blow up. I was so, I like you pushed me to a point where I was like, it kind of felt like, mm-hmm. I remember we joked about it, like, all right, you want it? Here you go. And yeah. it was like, I remember you even being like, holy shit. <laughs> um, but even then it wasn't super clear. It just was, I feel like. And I remember when I was able to calm down a little bit and express to you, it felt like you were testing me on a class I didn't take, mm-hmm. you know, you, you were testing me, um, on something that I didn't get a chance to study for. No one tutored me on this thing yeah. and I was failing at it. And then you were saying, well, it's cause you didn't try hard enough
1: mm-hmm.
0: or, you know, it felt like there was a, a ledge that was 20 feet above me mm-hmm. and I, I'm six, three, you know, and going like, I can't reach it, and you being like, You're so short, it's just because you're so short, and yeah. then me being going, 6'3. I'm, I'm, I'm we'll like, Try in the top jumping, one, I'm in the top 1% yeah. of, of height of guys. Yeah. What do you mean? It's not, it's no, this is just not built for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say. Um, and but you were like, Yeah, but you process about everything else, you verbally process about all this yeah. other stuff.
1: Our normal rhythm of getting working through things didn't work on this one, so no. we had to kind of relearn, and also it just was anything.
0: like, I th- And and yeah, so the blow up was mainly just kind of like, I also had said, like, you have all these resources, you have Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I was like, you go find me one thing that's made for me. Yeah. Go find me one thing that's made for me because I Mm -hmm. haven't found it. And then you said like, yeah, but there's this one. You know, there was that little excerpt chapter at the back of that book. And even as you're saying it, you were like, there's this one little yeah. excerpt thing. Well, I like the took the challenge. I, I, t- I tried to listen. I think <laughs> you did a great job. Yeah. But in the moment, I think you were completely unawares. And so this was. And
1: I try to find some books for you. And you're right. There was wasn't a lot out no, there. I mean,
0: and the stuff that I did find, I didn't like. There is some good things out there. And mm-hmm. when I read it, it was good, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. Uh, and, and it also up till wasn't that. for me. Like, and you know, I think. It wasn't
1: my. Yeah. The culture too. just up till that point, And you've talked about this in other podcasts, too, is that Immediately, the focus goes to the wife, right? So, like, everyone's
0: asking me
1: how I'm doing, but they're even asking, they're not really asking how you're doing, they're asking you, How's Kristen doing? Yeah,
0: that was part of the blow up, too. Is you just were like, Well, I'm doing all this other stuff. And then, part like, I remember being like, Well, that's really unfair because everybody is taking care of you, Mm -hmm. everybody is looking out for you. Anytime anyone asks about it, even if they ask me something, they're asking me how you're doing. Yeah. And it, I remember saying like, it doesn't feel like anyone gives a rat's ass mm-hmm. about how I'm doing Not, not at least in comparison to how I feel right. and what I'm battling. It was always mm-hmm. like, are you doing okay? And I'd be like, yeah, I think so. I'm like, okay, good. Well, how's Kristen? Mm-hmm. And it always was like, well, we moved past that pretty fast. And Cause it, this it did just impact you. It did. Well, it just compacted yeah. that cultural feeling of it doesn't really matter. And even if mm-hmm. you have feelings, they're not as important as hers. And so yeah. the hard part I think that I've struggled with and talked to other guys about and the struggle is then what do I do with it then? If her, mm-hmm. if her stuff is more important than mine and it always is and always will be, what's the point of me doing anything? And you, so you can understand yeah. why guys shove it down. Mm-hmm. And I used to think it was, um, cultural, but yeah. I don't think it is. I think it's circumstantial. Yeah, She's naturally going through more than you are. Mm-hmm. And we tend to, like you have two babies, whoever's crying the loudest, that's the first one you're going to pick up. And you're so exhausted and feel that you've done your job that you don't even hear the second one anymore. Or the second one stops crying because they all stop crying at some point. But here's Mm -hmm. the difference. That one got picked up and nurtured. This other one just cried it out. Mm -hmm. And those are two very different ways to heal. And so I think for guys, they go through a different healing process. And I've opened Mm -hmm. this up, especially with guys that are 40s, 50s, 60s that I've interviewed and some of these people that I've done here. Uh, they close it down and they don't talk about it. I remember Mike yeah. Atkinson, his interview, he didn't talk about it for decades. Yeah. And so my yeah. fear was that that was going to become me. Um, and I didn't really want that, but you let listen. I mean, that was like hours of conversation that we mm-hmm. talked and I blew up and I really told you, I was like, I'm going to say some things that are going to be hurtful, mm-hmm. but I just want you to know that like, these are just my emotions and my feelings. And mm-hmm. you did an awesome job. I have to say, like, I was so appreciative of you just letting me say, I remember when I was done going like, I think I just ruined my marriage it was a tough
1: conversation but yeah yeah, it was I think I God was with I don't know he gave me just like I don't know that I handled the whole thing great I definitely got defenses at different points but there was a point where I realized like oh man like he hasn't been noticed in this whole time and people were sending me awesome little gift boxes and like everyone was caring about me and um, it was like man he's out of his element he's not able to cope because he has all his things taken away and no one even no one's even asking if he's okay and i didn't know i was like am i asking if he's okay or if i'm just demanding yeah that he needs be to better. process be better and it was like man i didn't even ask are you okay right now yeah. so
0: yeah even you saying that's like it causes like tears up for yeah. me because i remember feeling yeah really really feeling that it just felt because all the way up to that point all i had done is try to help and do what i could and so then to be hit with like a, you, during all this time, you also needed to just miraculously be so much better. Mm-hmm. And, but I wasn't. And I think that was the thing is I wanted, I could have just been better, shoved it deep down. I think that's what some guys do do
1: mm-hmm.
0: is they hear that and they hear that from their spouse or from their friends or whatever. And they just go, you're right. Mm-hmm. I do need to suck it up. Cause that would have been the only way for me to, to be better without getting what I needed would be to suck it up. Yeah. That's the only thing I could have done. And I remember feeling I, the thing I really couldn't do was not, not heal. The thing I couldn't do was suck it up. Yeah. And that's the part that I think was so defeating was I can't seem to suck it up. And you're like, why don't you have anything to say? You're not talking about it. It's like, you know, if I sucked it up, I bet you I could say a lot of things that would just make you move on, but I can't suck it up. Oh, so yeah. I don't have anything to say. Mm hmm. Like that was, yeah. that was the hard part. And so,
1: or just internalize the fact that you don't really matter in this situation. Right. And,
0: but what you did say but... helped though, it did push me. And what, so I, I remember, I think the next night or even later that night, you were like, well, let's look and see if there's anything out there. Cause I bet you're not alone. I remember you were one of the only people I think at the beginning was like, you, you bet you're not alone. Except for maybe some of those other guys I had talked mm-hmm. to. But even then it was, I've interviewed several of them, like Jeremy, Billy Jack, those are guys that reached out to me and I even interviewed them. And it was me kind of initiating mm-hmm. even then too. But only because they had originally reached out. But um, I remember, I think that night or maybe the next night I went and looked and I was like, you know, I'm listening to podcasts and this you is like a way them, that I grow. Yeah. I do like podcasts. I do like listening to people talk. I'm very enamored by conversation and depth. Um,
1: and it was a way to kind of get personal interaction when you yeah. couldn't or exactly, kind of exactly. a little bit. If, yeah, I
0: remember that there's this funny meme I saw that had these like uh, uh these people. It was like this this, this ad of like people sitting around a Christmas tree or something going like, ah, like laughing. And then one person's just like sitting next to the ad with a cup of coffee. And they're like, this is me when I listen to podcasts. Yeah. I was like, that, that feels like me. It feels like you're in it. It feels like you're in the room. You can kind of laugh yeah. along with it, that kind of thing. Um, and so I was like, this is how I grow. This is how I learn So I went to look for uh podcasts and I'd only found, man, I think I'd found like less than 20 that were,
1: I think on t- Apple, it was only like six Apple, it was less. I opened it up. Well, but- here, let me explain it. No, yeah, I yeah. think
0: we'll get more clear. But I found like 20, 20 podcasts, podcast episodes. Episodes. Mm-hmm. That were like titled or referencing men, on, men and Miscarriage. There might be other episodes out there where they talked about this, but they didn't even title the episode it. So how mm-hmm. much how much of a focus could it really have been? Um. So I found like these 20. And then over half of them, over half, were just women talking to other women about men. And I was like, I don't need that. Like again, I'm not I'm a feminist. I am pro woman. I am like there's nothing in me that is like anti the woman's experience, but I didn't want to hear more women's thoughts on this. This isn't I wanted to It wasn't
1: going to help you. It wasn't going to help you, were, grow. Yeah, you were you were saying at that time like I don't have word, like I was you were having a hard time finding words and so like yeah, kind of hearing other men process would have maybe
0: helped you. Right. So then the other yeah. half I found um there there were men involved. Um but half of that half was women interviewing men it was like a woman's podcast where the here comes the guy in the the woman atmosphere which again felt i bet there's things he's not saying because of where he is um and i just it just it wasn't what i wanted to hear um and then so the other half of that there was maybe like three or so that was actually a guy interviewing a guy because i think there was one or two guys just sitting there talking about it but not really engaging another guy and so there was like two or three of guys interviewing other guys and i they in my opinion i I just didn't like them they weren't for me they Mm -hmm. weren't the style that i wanted to hear And so I remember just being really defeated. I was like, man, I finally, I was like, okay, fine. I'll go look for something. And then being like, see, even when I try, even when I try to go look for something to get what I needed, Mm -hmm. it it wasn't there. And I wasn't about to read a book on this because I think it was, I, I needed something more, more stimulating. So then I was like, I forgot when, I don't know how, but I was like, I think I'm gonna do my own, do my own. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember thinking like, oh, there was like, however many podcasts. I was like, uh, if I, I so it was like for me it was like a project, which was a big part of what I did do that was healthy for me um, during all that coping stuff that I did during COVID mm-hmm. and everything else was was projects. Um yeah. And so that
1: w- goes back to right, your story from the very beginning is like yeah who you are you try I new fixed things. I so many things yeah. in this house and yeah, it yeah. really had
0: nothing to do with COVID. Like so many little. Mini upgrades. You just moved in here, so it things. was yeah. great timing. Yeah, it was great timing to have that. <laughs> And there was no illusion I was under that like, like I wasn't fixing things thinking like I'm hiding behind fixing a baby that I had lost, but I needed that. It I needed that feeling of, yeah. and that yeah. satisfaction of accomplishing something. Cause I had felt like such a failure. And I know mm-hmm. you had done too. And so it was, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is something I could do. I wanted to do something. Yeah. Um, Cause to me, again, I'm very tactile. I need to, I usually will do what I feel um, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll feel what I do. Um, and so this became a project where I was like, I kind of want to double the amount of podcasts that are out there. Mm-hmm. um and i also was like i want to hit at the thing i know i needed because i keep talking to these other guys and they all seem to be on board for this kind of thing mm-hmm. like this this seems to be a helpful thing for them and so i was like well then i'm gonna do it either I think they it's... knew
1: they needed it or they didn't even know they needed it. yeah something thing, like that
0: yeah. like it, i'd never had this kind of a conversation with a guy and then had them go well that was a big fat waste of time thanks for mm-hmm. thanks for doing that that was stupid that never happened and yeah. so i was like i at least think this would be worthwhile a worthwhile endeavor. and hopefully
1: help someone and one help you process because you're able to have conversations that you need to have but also like yeah and was, help guys and to be honest situation. it was purely
0: selfish it was like yeah. i know i need this um it was just it was a plus that it would benefit other people yeah. i might i might have still done it even if i thought it wouldn't help anyone else just you i wouldn't sense. have done it if yeah. it was going to hurt somebody but i think yeah. i still might have done it even if it wasn't going to help anybody yeah um Cool. but yeah that's kind of where the where the project of it came out
1: mm-hmm. So that kind of took us to then around this time is June we have Father's Day and our due date, uh-huh. which is and the day So we get to start trying again at the beginning of June then Father's Day comes, which was a hard day. Um, and then the due date was like, five days after father's day uh-huh. and so that whole process was it was just another wave of mourning and saying goodbye and
0: yeah I remember and feeling
1: that was the time where you were gonna kick in kind of I remember you um kick in. you were gonna you kept saying like this was gonna be the moment where I finally got to interact and like hold her yeah right?
0: yeah so a couple of things in that was you went through mother's day and I remember you you had all these people reach out to you yeah. and all these things and it was really thoughtful and then we hit Father's Day and I think I heard from like one person and yeah. I remember going, oh, I know in my head, I understand this, but that still hurts in my heart. And mm-hmm. it was just still like, again, mm-hmm. kind of on par for what had been happening. And I think that was part of the, like, I hadn't started the podcast yet at this point. Mm-hmm. We started the, po- I started the podcast, I think in like August, Yeah. but um, yeah, so Father's Day came and that was tough. And then there was the due date, which was June 21st. And so we had just found out two weeks prior that we were allowed to start trying again. Um, which was tough. Like Mm -hmm. we didn't exactly hit the ground running because we'd spent six months, you know, trying not trying not to get pregnant, but connect. And so now all of a sudden, now try it. Just you can't flip stuff on and off like that. It's not how it works. And so, anyways, we hadn't really hit the ground running on trying again yet, but we had decided because there's things different things you do to cope. Everybody does something different Mm -hmm. to cope through pregnancy. And so we, um, named our first baby Lexi um and we decided that on the due date we wanted to still like find a way to like celebrate the birthday mm-hmm. which was just like oh I remember we were just like what do we do how do we yeah. do that like that's so tough we know we want to do something um and some people have been like you could plant a tree or you could make a ornament There's a lot of things you There's can do. There's a lot of yeah. really cool stuff but I remember I didn't want I didn't want to make or do something that could in and of itself break or die. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do something that felt more long-term, which is yeah. why we did end up getting tattoos in July, which was great. Yeah. Um, But on on the birthday, we, we went down to the beach in OB um, to Sunset Cliffs, and we picked a spot because the the image of the sea turtle c- came to yeah. you in So there's in a couple of things
1: – sorry to interrupt, but, no, like, there's a it. couple of things that we had – it was in one of the books I read.
0: <laughs> we got plenty of time, so you're good.
1: But, like – um that we found helped us and so in the midst of this and mm-hmm. one was giving it a name and at first we were like we don't we don't want we're kind of glad we hadn't given it a name because we would have been too connected but yeah. then later on we felt like or at least I did I was like I need to like just have weird. a name yeah. and a place that I can like remember rather like, than this I don't want to keep weird. calling
0: her the first baby or the miscarriage I yeah. it just felt if that felt more weird yeah so that was to one us. thing was
1: give it a name and then um, another thing that was like to pick a, some way that reminds you. So some, an, like an object or something that like kind of can remind Memento you of, some kind, yeah, yeah, that when you see that it br- brings memories or reminds you that, um, you had that. And so we chose the sea turtle kind of had stuck from the beginning
0: and well, kind of was had, our thing. You had found that image in January at a point. Mm-hmm. I remember we were, we were in the bed at your parents' house, just getting ready to go to sleep. Yeah. And you, you saw made, my background. You had made this picture on yeah. your phone background of it's 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 still it's this one that's still on my phone, so anybody that's on Facebook you guys can you guys can see it. Uh, but it's this it's uh sorry, just I don't want you guys to have to see all these text messages here. But um Yeah, it's okay. I, anyways, whatever. It's, it's on, a baby you, sea turtle you can of see to it. the It's a ocean. baby sea turtle crawling to the ocean. Um and uh oops uh and I said like, well, what's that? And you were like, well, it just reminds me of our baby because I think I said that's of, my baby, and I yeah. just
1: cried, and then you cried. <laughs> well, I immediately yeah. know
0: what you knew what you meant, yeah. and so I connected with it with you on like a deep, deep heart level, like instantly. And then I remember saying like, that's really good. That's really, yeah. really good.
1: For me, it was um, the mama sea turtle like lays her eggs in the sand, covers it up, and then she's gone, kind of, and like you don't know if you're little baby makes it to the ocean or not. And so I think that's the, what I was resonating with was like this little tiny thing that was barely even formed is now just gone. And I don't know where she is. And I don't know if she quote unquote made it wherever she was supposed to go. And so my hope was just like, she had made it out to the ocean and was going to live a happy life. And
0: yeah. And the ocean, I think kind of represented this like heaven this like, you know, which in and of itself is like still, it still hits, you know, yeah. It yeah. just it just was really strong, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, connected to it, and that image was really powerful for us. So going to the beach in June for the birthday, mm-hmm. oh, it was the ocean. Then became this place that we could visit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry. Yeah, Wh- which actually I really appreciate because we live close to the ocean. So yeah, and then the ocean is everywhere. Like it just it became mm-hmm. this big mysterious image of after and yeah. and and beyond um and we knew and hoped and felt that she was present there in some way yeah. so with well, that was good for us really good that was, was really good. good for us
1: and when we see ser- sea turtles it reminds us so just a good way right of it coping just was for... it just
0: was good um and so we sat at the beach and we wrote letters to her mm-hmm. um which was God, hard, <laughs> so hard yeah. so so yeah. hard and we read them to one another and, and we, and we which cried. Which we didn't have and... a plan for. We yeah. just kind of, we didn't, we kind of went as we went, you know, with this one. But we um, we're like, should we read them to each other? And it was like, God, I feel like I would, I would hate it if I didn't. Yeah. I'll regret it. I don't want to have regrets. So we read them to each other, which was good.
1: Best and worst thing. Yeah. Best and
0: worst thing ever. Yeah. And so, and then we folded them up and we just threw them in the water. Mm-hmm. As, you know, and like, it just was therapeutic. There was no irrational. Our sea turtle daughters down there reading our letters it just it was yeah. very much a committing this message to her in whatever way we knew we could yeah um
1: and i think you don't right you lose a life or you lose a something and you don't we i mean my baby it was hard for me because i was like i watched it get sucked into a tube you know so like that was tough and during, so during the dnc during the, the dnc thesis, yeah. yeah and so it was like oh shoot like there was no closure on that um, and we're g- kind of grateful that happened because we were able to yeah. find out about the partial pregnancy and we needed to be careful and all that. But at the then, same time, there was no like goodbye or burial or anything kind of a thing that like we could say goodbye to. And so that was kind of our moment yeah. to be able to say yeah. bye, I guess. I don't know. And
0: I know we'll talk about that at the end of like uh, how other people saw this and what our interactions with other people were mm-hmm. around that. But I think that was the other part, too, was like, I can't explain to you what I need. Yeah. And I don't know why. I just was like, I'm just pursuing the thing that feels closest to life. Yeah. That's, and I'm goodness, joy, hope, yeah. G- like mourning in a mm-hmm. good way, you know, expressing out my sadness and my grief in a way that I need to. And sometimes you can't really articulate that. So you just go with what feels right next. Yeah and so that for us was what felt right next and it yeah. ended up being really powerful that was really really good for me it leads to again another story i think we'll, mm-hmm. we'll tell at the end i yeah. think they'll probably be a great story to close it out yeah. but um but i know we're going to talk about some of the other just reactions and, and talking about people yeah but... well we
1: can talk about that now i guess like what because we're kind of coming to the end of the lexi story right before we start crying yeah. again Cause, so because
0: the birth the the day of the birth was because you. I want to make sure to answer the question you asked before. You had said like, oh, this was supposed to be a day when you engaged it. It was a big day oh, yeah, for yeah, me yeah. because I think for guys, when it comes to the pregnancy, we're looking forward to the birthday. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking forward to.
1: Because she's connected. The, they're connected to mom, and mom's yeah. very much the holder and keeper yeah. of yeah. life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and for you guys, it's not a moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. When the baby comes out, and so, when, women feel dif- as differently about this as as they do about their favorite flavor of cake. I don't know why I said it that way. But there's a lot of different (laughs) ways to think through it. Girls like cake. What was the problem? Guys like cake too, I guess. But I just mean like there's very different reactions. But um, guys struggle with the connection sometimes Mm -hmm. because everything is external. And, And through the lens of somebody else's experience, a woman could get pregnant and then move out of the house for nine months and the guy could have nothing. Yeah, you know, like the woman has all the power on on the, the the guys' interaction with that. Even we found that out too. Even just like legally in in mm-hmm. different stuff. Like I, it feels like I don't even really matter. Like um, which is hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, it's hard to connect. And most guys, even I've talked to, because it affirms it when you talk to guys who say like, "Well, I didn't even really feel it until the day of the birth, and I got to hold him or her. Yeah. Um, I didn't really feel it until." I got to interact with them. I didn't really feel it until they looked me in the eyes, you know. Uh, because I honestly, I think, I think the physical matters. The physical really does mm-hmm. matter. I never got to connect with Lexi physically. Like you have a relationship with her and in a and, a and a a feeling with her mm-hmm. that I can't pretend to have had. Yeah. The only you way the I hope, do, of the the hope of her, the hope of the thought, yeah, the thought of her. And so, giving up a hope or a thought is a lot harder than giving up the feeling. Of a touch, yeah. you know, something like I could take this box and get rid of it and then be like, well, I, I know what it was like to touch it. So it's actually, I'm not saying it was easier for you to mourn. I'm saying I, I would, I would have known more how to mourn that. Mm-hmm. Having, having felt it, having, having held it, having dealt with the repercussions of it, throwing up the feelings, all that mm-hmm. stuff. I would know better how to mourn that than to mourn when I had to mourn, yeah. which was a completely detached experience. Yeah, uh, Cause you never know when you're done you know so when they even as as horrifying as having a uh, the fetus removed from you was you got you got little points of closure that I didn't get
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that's part of what I think made it complex and hard for for me to to finish it off so, but that day was big but honestly the bigger day for me was in that July when we got our tattoos uh we got sea turtles mm-hmm. um you got yours on your side and I got mm-hmm. mine on my back cuz I could feel it yeah. you know what i mean
1: and it was on i loved that too it was like well, there was a weird thing in getting it where I felt like ashamed because now it was like literally part of me. I couldn't ignore yeah. it, but it was like, no, I'm making, making sure I'm making her part of my story for me. But I don't know. The tattoo was, yeah, you yeah. could feel it. You were saying so.
0: Yeah, I could feel it. It was a process and that process ended and yeah. it had, a, it literally had to heal. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there were things about it that helped me ground. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm a tattoo guy too. So yeah. it's not, it's not. Again, par for the course for who I am, uh, I've always gotten the most significant moments or memories or values that I have yeah. tattooed onto me. Um, that's my relationship with tattoos. And so this was one way to do that. Yeah. And so that that for me, I think, I thought it was going to be the birthday, but really it was the day I got the tattoo. Mm, that that yeah. was the most meaningful day mm. for me of closure. Yeah.
1: So we had done some things to kind of cope. and.
0: Yeah. Those that, Those were the things that we did. Hey everyone, that was part two of Kristen's interview with me as part of the Men on Miscarriage podcast. If you want to check out the last bit of our interview, just click next or choose on to the interview part three. Thanks again for listening.